Whether you want to start a faith-based business or an online ministry, you've come to the right place. This is the Teresa Blaze Show with your host, Teresa Blaze, where she's bringing her over 20 years of consulting experience to the mic. Now, here's Teresa. Welcome to the Teresa Blaze Show. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I've got a really solid interview. How many of you guys have tried to use LinkedIn for prospecting, for getting the word out about your ministry, uh, so on and so forth? And I'll be honest, this is not my area of expertise. I never claimed it was, and so I believe in when you don't know something about something, you bring someone on who has had some success in it. And I've done just that. I want to introduce to you Adam Dorn. And uh, he has been helping people develop alternative forms of income outside of um, their job or their business. And he's been using LinkedIn to do it. So Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you for that introduction. And I'm excited to be here and and have a good conversation. Well, we're excited to have you. Uh, guys, before we move forward, I want to address the sponsor so that we can just move on and get the content done. Uh, if you guys are, as you know, we're going to be talking about LinkedIn. If you guys are interested in developing more traffic to whatever it is you're doing, your project, your business, your ministry, whatever it is, I can't think of a better dude uh, to help you get that traffic than Russell Brunson. And he's got this really killer book. It's called Traffic Secrets. And you can get yourself a free um, a, a free copy, just pay shipping, by going to TeresaBlaze.com forward slash traffic. That's TeresaBlaze.com forward slash traffic. Now, back to Adam. Adam, when someone is attempting to get into LinkedIn, what are some of the things that they need to know in order to make it successful? I got started on LinkedIn back in 2011 when I would say that there probably wasn't a lot of people on it. So please keep in mind, like what I share comes from about the last nine years of trying and a lot of, uh, what do we call it? Try and fail. <laughs> so a lot of this is, is just stuff that I learned uh, trying things. A lot of them didn't work. Some of them did. So one of the things that I found that is really helpful just from a beginning level is having a, a profile that is complete and at the same time concise. And so by complete, what I mean is actually having your picture. I notice there's still a fair amount of people on LinkedIn that don't even have their picture um, and making sure it's one that fits the brand you're after. I notice some people, it looks like they're at a cocktail party and they're all dressed up and it looks fancy and formal. I've noticed, you know, contrasting with that, there's some folks that it looks like they just woke up and took a picture of themselves without doing their hair or anything. So, you know, no judgments on that, but I think it's important that you start with a profile picture that reflects the brand you're trying to build. And then also by having a complete profile, I mean, listing on there, the skills and experience that you want to be known for. So it's cool that LinkedIn offers us a blank slate because you can highlight the work experience that you want to highlight. You can highlight the business skills that you want to highlight. Um, and I think that's what you should do. And I think you should make it concise so that somebody doesn't have to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll, but rather with whatever comes up when they find your profile on LinkedIn, you have in front of them the picture you want to portray, the profile that you want to portray, the skills you want them to, to know that you have, 
and whatever your highest level experience is you want them to come away with, all that should be visible when they first pull you up. And so I think that's a great way to get started. That's kind of the foundational level. Would you say that it's better to have like a one page thing that is uh, above the fold so that they don't have to, especially if they're on a mobile phone? To some extent, yes. Although what I'm really getting at is you can certainly have more on your profile than what people initially see. Just understand that, you know, as people are browsing and, and you can test this on yourself, you know, as you're browsing, how much time do you take to look? How far do you scroll? How far do you go when you come across, you know, somebody's profile? And what I think you'll find is it's just really critical that in the first five seconds of somebody looking at your profile, they have a decent impression of what you do and what you're all about. Um, and I can get a little more into that too, if you'd like. What are some of the uh pitfalls. I mean, you mentioned the photo. What are some of the other pitfalls that you've seen people do that kind of takes away from what they're trying to accomplish on LinkedIn? Let's talk about pictures again for a real quick second. So you have the chance not only to put a profile picture up, but also a headline picture. And I think for a lot of folks that gets wasted. A lot of folks just leave it blank. A lot of folks go with, you know, some sort of default LinkedIn design, which I last I checked, it was like a blue background that's an opportunity to put your brand. So for instance, on, on my profile, uh, I work with a firm called Prevail Innovative Wealth Strategies. And so I have a really nice looking Prevail logo there that's designed to fit fully into that headline graphic so that it, it looks sharp. Um, the other thing is in the description, I think that's probably where most people miss an opportunity to convey information effectively. So you know, somebody might put accountant sales representative, vice president, something like that. Well, it might make sense to have that somewhere in your headline description, but I would say that's an opportunity to distinguish yourself from everybody else. Because how many different types of accountants are there? How many different types of sales representatives? How many different companies could that include if you say vice president? So instead of that, what I would suggest is in the description right below your name, you give people just a quick one-liner of what makes you special, what makes you different, what is it about what you do that they're going to be interested in. And so, for example, I'll use my own profile. On my profile, it's got my, my picture, my headline graphic, and then it says my name, Adam Doran, and below that, I help people who make good money have tax-free retirement income. So instead of wealth advisor, financial advisor, consultant, or any of those broad titles, I just told them in a sentence that I help people who make good money have tax-free retirement income. I feel like that's really helpful for the folks that are scanning LinkedIn. Is this a guy that I'm interested in talking to or does this person not fit with what I'm looking for? Then after that is when I include some general descriptors just to give them an idea of things, levels we could connect on. So after that, I say real estate investor, fly fisherman, travel enthusiast. So now they know what I do in a really descriptive sentence. And they also know some of the things that I'm interested in and some levels that we could connect on. And I think your headline description is a great opportunity to fit those things in. Let's say someone goes through and they make some of the changes to the profile that you're mentioning. They revamp the headline, they revamp the the description, they they get the the photos in place as they should. What about actually outreach? Because, I mean, obviously you get a lot of spam on LinkedIn and, 
you don't want to come off as that, but then you've got all these areas where you can write a blog post, write a shorter post, like um, whatever. What are some methods of outreach that you've seen actually work on LinkedIn? Sure. Well, I'm going to start with, if you're okay with it, start with what I do as far as direct messaging every single week, because I think that's one of the quickest ways to start expanding your footprint on LinkedIn. It's a quick way to get people to look at your profile, and it's a quick way to get connected and to schedule phone conversations or Zoom conversations with the people that you want to connect with. Um, So I'll start there. And then I think it makes sense from there to to jump into content creation. But I don't want to jump into content creation simply because I know for a lot of folks um, that might seem a little daunting, but from a very just practical, easy to implement, try and get yourself some meetings with new people today, I can share what I do as far as messaging. What's really nice about LinkedIn is the notifications section. So once you have some connections, um, and maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe we should have spent some time on connections, but you'll have, uh, if you click on the My Network, which is across the top tab on LinkedIn, you will have instantly some suggested people you ought to connect with based on how you've described yourself and how you've built your profile. You can then expand that from there as you're looking at your timeline, your newsfeed on LinkedIn. You can find you know people that are posting things that it looks like they're into the same interest as you. You can also go up in the search bar and you could type in, for example, you're trying to connect with people in a ministry or faith-based business. You could type in the search bar, faith-based business, or you could type in the search bar ministry, or maybe, you know, a specific ministry such as um, human trafficking ministry or small business consulting, you know, those kinds of things. So let's just say you've now started to accumulate some connections and you've had some people who ran into your profile and they've connected with you. Now it comes down to having a conversation enough that you can get on the phone with them or schedule a time to meet over Zoom. And I think there's a couple things that are key. First of all, I think on a very first connection message, you have to be somewhat brief. You have to be somewhat complimentary and kind of, you know, reflect the idea that you've taken time to glance at their profile. And you really need to make it as much about them or, you know, an open conversation as you can. I just don't think you can proceed with a real agenda on your first communication with people. I don't think that goes over well. So what I like to do is watch the notifications because the notifications tell you when it's somebody's birthday. They tell you when somebody got a promotion, somebody switched positions, started a new position, started a new business venture. There's all these notifications you'll get. And the more connections you have, the more of those notifications you get. Those are a great occasion and a great way to reach out with somebody. For example, there's this guy named Tom here in my messages. Looks like I got a notification uh, last month for Tom's birthday. And so on his birthday, I came in and I typed this message. Happy birthday, Tom. How are you doing? I always enjoy connecting with other success-minded professionals. If you're open to it, I'd enjoy connecting over the phone or Zoom to learn more about what you're up to and see how I can be a good resource in your professional network. God bless, Adam Dorn. So that was a short message. I told him happy birthday. If it wasn't his birthday, I would have found a way to be complimentary. Like maybe he'd got promoted or started a new position. So it'd be, you know, congrats on the promotion. Congrats on your new position. I always ask how they're doing. And then I let them know why I'm interested in connecting. I usually make that something complimentary. Like in this instance, as I said, I always enjoy connecting with other success-minded professionals. So I've complimented him and said, hey, you're success-minded. I want to connect with you. 
And then I always leave it open to them and leave them an out. So I said, if you're open to it, I'd enjoy connecting over the phone or Zoom to learn more about what you're up to and see how I can be a good resource in your professional network. Makes it all about them. Yep. Yep. And so when I use that kind of message formatting to tell somebody happy birthday or congratulations, or even on an initial connection, I'll give you an example. One way that initial connection could be the same message, but a little bit different is tweak the front end. Let's say Tom and I just connected. Hi, Tom. Thanks for connecting with me on LinkedIn. I noticed we both went to Iowa State University. How cool to connect with a fellow cyclone. I always enjoy meeting other success-minded professionals. If you're open to it, blah, 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 right? The rest of my message. So with that general template, I've been very successful at getting a first phone conversation with somebody. And I think that's key when you talk about using LinkedIn in an effective way to meet new people. You really don't want to spend a ton of time messaging back and forth on LinkedIn. You just want to make enough of a warm connection that they know that you think well of them, you're interested to connect, why you're interested to connect, and then what's the value. And so from the message I'm sending, the value is I want to be a good resource in their professional network. That has gotten, I would say, if I send 30 of those messages on a Monday morning, which is about what I average, that will probably lead to three meetings over the phone. So that's the specific language that I've used and and found it to be really effective. When people reach out to you, because I've seen a lot of reaches, a lot of um, messages on LinkedIn, when people reach out to you, um, how do you know whether it's uh, like, how do you filter out, okay, this person's just spamming and not using LinkedIn properly versus this person actually does want to connect? Yep. Well, spammers give themselves away really quick. Um, You know, somebody who messages you and all they're talking about is themselves and what they do. I generally don't respond to those because it's pretty clear they never took an interest in me or what I do or how they can be helpful to me. They never even took an interest. So I tend to ignore those. Or, you know, when I notice that they're from some geographic region where I have absolutely no connection and, and there's just nothing on their profile that would lead me to believe we have anything in common. I generally ignore those two. I sure like to send people, when I send a connection request, I like to send them a quick note about what I noticed, or maybe they made a post that I found inspiring, or it caused me to have some new insights, or it raised some questions in my mind. I will mention that specific post, or I will mention the specific thing on their profile I saw that makes me interested to connect with them. Most people aren't doing that. But I think it's a really good way to show people that you're genuinely interested to connect. So when I send those messages, I always like to add that personalized note. When I receive a connection request, I often don't get those personalized notes. So the way that I kind of judge who am I going to connect with is I glance over their profile. Do we have people in common? Maybe we know some of the same people. That's a starting place. Do we have interests in common? Maybe they also like the fly fish or they also are interested in real estate investing like my profile says. Or, you know, if they're kind enough to send a personalized note, I just kind of judge by the note if it's, you know, a sales pitch right off the bat, or if it's, oh, they noticed this about me and they're interested to connect and learn more. So that's kind of how I judge that and am cautious about adding new new connections. And and also it's hard to put into words, but similar to when you have a personal interaction with somebody, sometimes through your written interactions on LinkedIn, you can just get a feeling and a vibe from somebody. If this is somebody I'm interested to get to know better and I'm going to enjoy our conversation or 
I'm not so sure that I really want to spend an hour talking with this person. You can generally get that vibe pretty well through just a few message exchanges. The other thing that I've tested, um, because I have tested a little bit on LinkedIn, is um, uh, using the audio message feature. That's a really, really good point. Absolutely. Because like a lot of people aren't doing that. I agree. And actually, you know, as, as somebody that is a big advocate of using LinkedIn and I've been using it effectively in my business, I would tell you that that's a good suggestion even for me to hear because I haven't done it near enough. I mean, I like doing it because sometimes, you know, when, when you dictate and then you got to sit there and, okay, is it going to come off right? Or is it going to misspell something? Audio message, you know, you don't have to necessarily think about that. You can just hold down the thing, say your audio message, and then it's sent. Yep, I agree. I agree. That's a really good point, Teresa. So thank you for bringing that up and suggesting that. And, and that'll actually be one of my takeaways from our conversation today. I'm going to start doing that more. Yeah, no, I because a lot of people don't do that. They just copy and paste them. And I'm, I'm, guys, I'm not an expert. I'm just dipping my toe in. But, you know, you, everybody's seen it. You, you see, everybody's seen the cut and paste messages and you're like, go away. But if someone takes the time to leave you an audio message, they're actually thinking about it. Do you bother using the uh, premium features on LinkedIn? Because you know how they're always trying to get you to upgrade? Um, good question. I, I tried that several years back. And I think that definitely has a role specifically for professionals who are in the business of recruiting because it just gives you access to a lot more information about who's looking at your profile and being able to send messages to people that are a little further out in your network that aren't, you know, a, a first or second connection. So I think there's value in it for people in a, in a career or a profession where, you know, there's intense, intense uh, prospecting and a need to do a lot of front end filtering. But I would say from my own experience, I didn't find there to be enough value to justify the monthly price. Now I tried it years ago. I haven't, I haven't since tried it again. So maybe I would find that to be different, but quite frankly, as far as my business and my prospecting is concerned, I haven't needed it. Um, so I haven't had the paid version of LinkedIn for five or six years now. And I, and I haven't needed it. Frankly, I, I get enough uh, interactions, networking and meetings just from doing the things that I'm sharing. Hopefully LinkedIn's not monitoring what we're doing now because they're probably going to change it. <laughs> Aside from um, messaging people, are you actually posting content for them to read? Uh, I know one thing that I'm doing, and, and again, guys, this is just testing. One thing that I'm doing is I'm actually sharing my podcasts on LinkedIn and getting some uh, likes and whatnot. And I'm looking for high profiles, so like Gary V, and I'm looking for stuff that I can actually comment on and add value to the posts. Are you actually posting content yourself? Yep. So I do make it a point to interact with, with what other people are putting out there, first of all, because that gets people to look at your profile and, and check you out. I also do a fair amount of making posts. Um, some of them are just straight up marketing posts, you know, and, and you can tell that it's educational marketing where I'm sharing information or insights to get people to think about financial matters around, you know, the business that I do. A lot of them are just uh, personal growth notes or inspirational where I'm sharing 
an insight from John Maxwell or something like that, or, or, um, you know, expanding the brand that I have out there. You know, I put on my profile that I'm a fly fisherman and a travel enthusiast and a real estate investor. So when I travel, like I did this last week to Seattle, I'm sharing from my journey. You know, I shared a, a cool coffee spot that I found. I shared some views that I saw. I shared some reflections that traveling to the mountains gave me. Um, and then, you know, real estate wise, I'm always sharing if I make a good connection there or find a good piece of information or a market update. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sharing things, not only that's my own original content, um, because I have written some articles as well. Uh, but I also like to share things that are just good stuff out there that would appeal to my tribe, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to do that. The one thing I would say about content creation is that if you're going to do it, I think there's a commitment at some level. Now, maybe your commitment is only one piece of content per day or one piece of content every other day. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you intend to have this be a central focus of growing your business. And so maybe you need to produce two pieces of content a day, or you need to produce an article a week. Just understand and have a good way to gauge what you're committing yourself to, because I think to truly get traction from it, you have to be consistent. Um, right. I would say the other right. thing too, and it's, it's not fair if somebody's listening right now and they're just getting started versus I got started in 2011. I built a lot of traction back then and I built a really powerful profile back then. Um, as a matter of fact, LinkedIn used to send out an email that said if you were in the top 1% of viewed profiles for the year. And I did that for three years in a row back in 2011, 12, and 13. And that's not to impress anybody. That's just to make the point that I really worked consistently on building up profile visibility. And so what that's done now, nine years later, is... I oftentimes don't have to be so proactive in the prospecting side of things because my profile gets enough attention. I have people adding me on a daily basis. So are you considered basically an influencer like a Mark Cuban or Gary Vee? I haven't earned that classification. Quite frankly, Teresa, I had built up to where I had over 12,000 followers and I didn't find any value in that because... I didn't know those 12,000 people. And so what I did over about a last, the last three-year period was start getting rid of connections that I couldn't find any reasonable connection to or, you know, after repeat messages, they never responded. I really only want to have on my LinkedIn people that I enjoy talking with, people that I know, and people that I can make warm connections for. That's all I'm interested in, in using it as a, you know, a, a network that is truly valuable and truly useful And so that when somebody goes through my connections and says, hey, I want to connect with Joe, I actually know Joe (laughs) and I can make that warm connection. So that's my philosophy. I know it's not everybody's. I know some folks want to have 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, be an influencer. I'm not interested in that. And quite frankly, for my business, I haven't needed that level of visibility. But my point that I was making and what I said earlier about, you know, people look at my profile now and I, I have people proactively adding me, that's what you can create if you can be consistent. And so I would just encourage anybody that is thinking, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to create content and I'm going to have a profile that attracts people. Good. Do it. Just make sure you're consistent because if you're consistent, you can be nine years down the road. Like I'm nine years down the road now and have people adding you that you didn't even have to go out and find. And that's a really, really nice thing to have. That's really interesting. You mentioned 
actually deleting um, connections because, for example, when I got started on LinkedIn, I was we were running a whole nother company dealing with website accessibility. Now, uh, my target market has changed on LinkedIn, but I've still got all these connections from the previous company. Okay. How, so how do you optimize the connections that you have? It's really about making use of those notifications I mentioned in the beginning. That is a great way to stay in touch with the existing people in your network because those notifications circle through, as far as I can tell, they circulate through your whole network and you're constantly having a reason to reach out to people in your network. And I think just organically, it causes you to touch base once every six months, once every year. I think that's a really effective way to retain and keep up the relationships that are existing. And also, you know, even now that I'm down to, I don't know, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,000 connections, there's still a lot of people in that 3,000 number that I haven't yet had the chance to get on the phone or get on Zoom with. And so by utilizing those notifications, I'm sending, you know, 30, 40, 50 messages every Monday, and it's getting me in front of new people every single week. And so I think that's a really great way to kind of keep the wheels turning as it were. And you can delete mess, uh, connections that are no longer um, useful to you, correct? Absolutely. And so kind of the rule I have for myself, and I don't think this is a golden rule that anybody needs to follow, but just the concept of have an idea of what your criteria are. So for me, it's if I've sent them five messages that have gone with no response, I go ahead and pull them from my network just because they apparently aren't that active on LinkedIn or they're not interested in my profile or, or what I might have to offer, in which case, you know, no need to keep sending messages with no response. Is there anything else about LinkedIn that I forgot to ask you, but I should have? You know, I don't think so. Other than I have heard the question floated frequently about, well, tell me about the algorithms and how do I trick LinkedIn into, <laughs> maybe that's not how people put it, but the, what they're essentially asking is how do I trick LinkedIn's algorithm into giving me more visibility. And I don't know that you can because they change the algorithm frequently. And it, and it seems like at will LinkedIn can filter or reduce the attention you're getting based on if what you're putting out there is what they want on their platform. Um, I don't know how to express it any more significantly than that other than to tell you I have friends who are significant influencers with you know those 20,000 plus connections and when they post things that are politically charged or controversial, oftentimes they don't get the attention that they had expected. Um, and by the same token, sometimes just posting what doesn't seem super inspiring, but a picture of like a trip or a vacation you took or, you know, posting something about a local business and tagging that local business can just go crazy. Um, one of my most viral posts I've had recently was I went to a well, they were supposed to be a ribbon cutting for a local bank's new branch. Of course, with COVID-19, they didn't do the ribbon cutting, but I happened to be friends with the branch manager. So he invited me over there for a one-to-one -one tour. Um, you know, of course, distancing and masks and all that fun stuff. And I took a picture because from their office, they had this beautiful view of the downtown Kansas City skyline. And everybody in that bank organization picked it up and started liking it and sharing it. And it just went crazy. And it's been one of my top viewed posts. And it, there was no real business statement other than thank you to my friend, Derek, for the tour of uh, the bank's new branch office at such and such location. Looks like you guys have a fantastic view. 
that picture of the Kansas City skyline, it just went crazy. So it's often hard to predict what is going to get you the most views or attention. The only thing I would encourage folks is be genuine in what you share. Share things that you think people will really enjoy and get value from. And sometimes you'll have posts that seem like a flop. And sometimes you'll have some real home runs. And it's just a matter of being consistent and continuing to put things out there. You're not going to figure out or solve an algorithm trick. That's interesting. Uh, I'll end with one last question. Have you made any use of advertising? Advertising on LinkedIn, using LinkedIn ads, and if so, uh, have you had any results from that? I have not used the ads. I haven't had a need to thus far. It has kept me uh, busy enough and getting enough new activity in the business. So that's not something I've tried yet. Do you know then, um, what would we call the action be for someone if they're listening to this? And maybe they kind of have a LinkedIn profile, but it's kind of gotten rusty set on the shelf it's there but they're not using it effectively what would your call to action be for them well i think the first thing is a decision of is this something you see value in and do you want to use it as one of the channels for finding new people and expanding your footprint and if the answer to that is yes i want to use this to expand my footprint and meet new people then the number one thing to do is right now today because it'll only take you 5 or 10 minutes to get the picture on there you want, to get the the branding presence on there that you want, meaning show the experience and skills you want people to know you have. And then probably where to spend the most thoughtfulness is in that little one sentence, what do I do? How do I help people? What's my value add? And instead of saying just accountant, sales rep, business owner, what can I say in a sentence that gets people's interest? And then maybe a couple you know, descriptive things about who you are and what you love. Uh, The examples I gave was my interest in fly fishing and being a travel enthusiast and a real estate investor. So I think that's the call to action is take those five or 10 minutes today and get that on your profile. And that's your start. And then from there, I would say, decide how many people do you want to connect with a a day, even if it's only one or two and get on and and make those connections. And then as you're making those connections, um, you know, following up with that direct message, kind of like the example I gave to get into a phone or Zoom conversation with that person. This has been very uh, informative, and um, I'm definitely going to kind of take a moment and look over my LinkedIn uh, and see how it can be improved. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. If people want to find you, where can they go to find you? Well, hey, it's the topic of our conversation. I think my LinkedIn profile is the best place to go. So you can just type in my name. It's Adam, and the last name is Doran. D as in David, O-R-A-N as in Nancy. I'm on there every day. I pay attention to the messages and the connection requests. As far as I know, I'm the only one that'll come up. I'm in Kansas City. So Adam Doran in Kansas City, connect with me there and I'd I'd love to, to meet new folks. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think people have gotten a lot out of this. Guys, um, I'm going to do my best to continue to bring you content that will help you grow what you're doing. Um, I want to hear from you. I want to know, is what I'm bringing valuable? What do you want me to talk about next? What do you, what kind of guests uh, do you want me to bring on? Uh, Adam is a mutual contact uh, through through a group, which I, and I'll, I'll tell you more about that group later because I've got some really cool guests coming on. Guys, I'm going to end it like I always do, but I really mean it here, guys. 
if you're hungry and you're trying to build something, LinkedIn's a good way to get started. I'm Teresa Blaze. This is the Teresa Blaze Show. Let's go do this thing. You've been listening to The Teresa Blaze Show. To catch all her past shows, visit www.teresablaze.com. That's T-E-R-E-S-A-B-L-A-E-S.com.